Thank you so much. Um, you know, I uh, it was 2014, 2015 that you and I got connected through um, uh, doing some schoolwork together. And uh, while I was there, uh, I was in a room where it was nothing but lead pastors. And I was a youth pastor. And so I, I don't know if I'm the only Christian in the room who struggles with uh, infer- inferiority at times. Come on, you know, anyone else, right? I just could, I, I could remember thinking uh, my wife and I knew that we were called to ministry, um, but, and we knew that we were called to be lead pastors, but uh, lucky for us, the Lord didn't give us an urgency on the timeline. And so he just allowed us to be uh, uh, faithful where we were. So my wife and I have been in youth ministry for 16 years. We we were the youth pastors for 10 years at our uh, uh, last uh, mission the Lord gave us. And um, uh, it was there that I got to meet Pastor Stan as I was studying. And, and so I can remember sitting at a table surrounded by just a bunch of lead pastors that I just look up to. And, um, and I'm just thinking, wow, those are the guys who are really doing it. I, you know, as if I'm not doing something, right? You know how Satan likes to get in your head and just kind of diminish what you do and, and highlight what others do just to kind of get you? And uh, Stan, you were, whether you know it or not, one of the influential ones who just kind of called my voice out, who, who validated my voice. You know, it was just going to eat at a Mexican restaurant, introducing me to tableside guacamole. Praise the Lord. Anybody thankful for tableside? guacamole <laughs> and uh and and just being one of the ones who was just like drew tell me about what you and your wife are doing and it was just like uh it was just amazing it really spoke to me so i'm super grateful for pastor stand and i'm really uh excited to be here this morning let's get into the word together um i want to share the word uh that the lord gave to me to to share here if you got your bible you can go to ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel chapter 47. I don't think they're going to have the full text on the screen, so it is best if you go ahead and turn so that you can follow uh, with us. Um, Ezekiel 47, we're going to read the first 12 verses, and I want to set it up. Um, if you know the Old Testament, the Old Testament goes like this. God creates man, man messes it up, right? That happens real quickly. It only takes like three, four chapters before it's it's down to two, right? And then uh, God is constantly trying to bring man back to him, right? And so he's like, here, uh, try this out. Try keeping these Ten Commandments, right? You, you, and, and, and he's just trying to draw man's heart and 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 they move out through the exodus and they they plant the church and they 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 the the temple is 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 set up and god's house is established but they lose it all right they lose it all and they have to go to babylon as exiles and and and, and god is starting to speak in this context when we get into ezekiel he's starting to speak i'm about to draw you guys out I'm about to once again save you. Thank the Lord for a God who will save you sometimes over and over again, right? And he's like, I am going to draw you out. And when I do, I'm going to give you the instructions for how to build the temple. This is going to be part two. Here we go again. And so Ezekiel, it starts in chapter 40. You don't have to turn there, but he starts showing how the blueprints of the temple of God is going to be built. And, and and he's probably saying, praise the Lord. But for you and I, we're starting to go, 
I mean, let's be real. You ever read those scriptures before where you're like, 40 cubits long by 40 cubits long by 40 cubits? Okay, what does that mean for me today? Come on, a cubit and a handbreadth. Oh, a handbreadth too. All right, you're going to build 14 tables. This one's going to be a cubit and a handbreadth. This one's going to be a cubit and a handbreadth. This one's going to be... And I'm like, I got it. I got it. I can fast forward the next 12 verses because they're all a cubit and a handbreadth. But for if you're Ezekiel, you're going, wow, the detail. The detail of the plan of God, the intricacies, he's got something for us. And this is, he goes through all that, and this is where we land in uh, Ezekiel 47, where, in my opinion, he gets to the good stuff. And so he's still kind of in this dream, this kind of uh, prophecy that's being spoke to him. And it says, then the man brought me back to the entrance to the temple, and I saw water coming from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. It, it, it says, the water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, uh, the south of the altar. In verse 2, he then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside. Someone say outside. He led me to the outside, to the outer gate facing east, and the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, you're like, oh, the measuring line again. Here it goes. He measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. It was just trickling. Now it's ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through the water that was knee deep. And he measured off another thousand and led me through the water that was up to the waist. And and that's how you know it's starting to get real. When you got to get into a river that's like up to the waist, that's how you know you've committed, right? I, 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 we live right by Ocean City. My my little girls are like, come on with me, right? My, we have three girls, a 10-year-old, a 4-year-old, and a 2-year-old. And they want to get into the water no matter how cold it is. And they're like, come with me, Daddy. And, you know, you, you touch it, and you touch it ankle deep, and you're like, whoo, I don't I don't really want to get in there today. And, and they're like, come on. And they're wanting to go deeper, right? I can maybe get knee deep. But by the time I get waist deep, it's like you are either in or you are out. This is the point of decision. It's getting real at this point. He's traveling through waist deep water. Verse 5. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in a river that no one could cross. Then he asked me, Son of man, do you see this? And then he led me back to the bank of the river. And when I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees in each side of the river. And he said, to, he said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah and into, and enters into the Dead Sea. And when it em- empties into the Dead Sea, the salty water becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from Engedi to Eglum. There will be places for spreading nets. See, no one's, no fishermen have ever been attracted to the Dead Sea to fish. Most of us know by now the salt potency in the Dead Sea is so potent, nothing can live there, hence the name the Dead Sea. There's fishermen there. Fishermen aren't typically attracted to places where there are no fish. It says that they're going to now be attracted to this place. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. Verse 11. 
But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every single month they will bear fruit because the water flows from the sanctuary and flows down to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. I want to preach a message this morning called the transforming kingdom. The transforming kingdom. Uh, it was the kingdom of God that transformed my life completely at the age of 20 years old. Just a struggling guy in a touring band. And he changed things. And he's still doing that today. And he's using his house to do it. Let's pray. God, I ask right now that you would move in this place. That you would use my simple words. That you would fill me and allow it to be your words, Father God. And that everyone who hears it, Father, would just uh, move and be touched by it and, and be changed by it. And that you put us into action. Father, we're not here to come and see. We're here to come and be. Right? And we're going to be changed, Father. So use your word to speak to us. Bring revelation in Jesus' name. I pray. And everyone who agrees with that can say... Amen. I preach better when you talk too, so you can talk to me. I, uh, I, um, yeah, I won't go there. So, this morning I want to, um, share with you three kingdom flow facts. Three kingdom flow facts. But before I get to that, um, so I told you a little bit how, how I had walked away from the church. And when I did, I was in a uh, touring band, knew nothing about, um, the love of God, the, the closeness of God, the, the, the personal nature He wanted to have with me. Nothing about that. I just knew that if you showed up to certain churchy things that, you know, that was like cool points on your, uh, on your, uh, heavenly estate, right? That's what I kind of thought it was. Like, get enough stickers, you might be able to put your hand in the candy jar and get some, right? You know, it's like one of those things. And so, when I got saved, I was 20 years old. I was in a youth ministry. Part of my testimony is I never left youth ministry. Um, I was 20 years old, and we had a missionary coming to preach at our church. Now, his name was Sammy D., the young people called him, Samuel Doctorian. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I had never heard of him, but one thing I learned real quick is he was from, like, Israel. He was one of the most jolly men I have ever met in my whole life. He was very short. He was a little overweight, and he had a gray beard, and he was just always wearing a smile, a little bit like Santa Claus. I just really wanted to put a red suit on him and, you know, see some white felt on his and sit on his lap, you know. I was just like, this brother is smiling all the time. And 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 I couldn't understand it because he was like, he, he seemed like he was pushing 80 years old and, and, and all the young people, high schoolers and college age was like, I can't wait till Sammy D comes. And I'm like, what is so special about Sammy D, other than he looks like Santa, right? And and so he comes and he preaches that morning on Sunday morning, and um, he just gets up there and oh, children, I love God. God is amazing, you know. And this is just how he spoke. And man, I, I found it easy to love the man, so easy. But I just I was like, that wasn't so profound. Clearly, he knows Jesus. Why are the young people in love with him so much? Like everyone talks about when Sammy D coming. So one of his things is he loves young people. And so the person that he was staying with, the host family, uh, was having a meal later that evening. And he requested that all young people came. 
Now, I was part of a youth ministry that was about 75 people big, and, and so I'm a really big believer in youth ministries, and, and uh, it changed my life completely, changed my wife's life completely. And so, y'all get involved with the youth ministry here and get behind it and pray. Um, but I remember them all inviting me, and so, I, man, I've only given my life to the Lord maybe three weeks ago, so I'm figuring this stuff out. And uh, and we go over to this to, to my friend's house who's hosting it, and there's Sammy D, and the only older gentleman in the room. He says, oh, you lovely children, come on in, come on in. And I was just like, oh, man, thank the Lord for free food because that's that's why I'm here. I don't I really don't understand the attraction with Sammy D. You know, like this is a gener- cross-generational thing, and they love him. And then he says this, children, I love it when the young people sing. Can we all sing a song together? And he goes, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy. And I'm thinking, where's the back door? I've joined a cult. I don't know. (laughs) Is this what we do? Is this what youth ministry is? Getting together with these older guys and we're singing these bizarre scriptures about meat and drink. I like meat and drink. You know, you know, I like to eat. I'm from Louisiana. We grub. We grub. Us Cajuns know how to cook something, right? And so I'm like, what, what is this? And he goes, now everybody sing with me. I'm like, no, no, Lord, no. And so I feel like we should all sing that, right? The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Y- y'all don't even want to sing with me, right? I'm 20 years old going, what have I done? This is the worst decision of my life, right? One of the things that hit me as I went home is I could not get that song out of my head, which was Scripture. It was New Testament Scripture. And so I just... One funny thing about the power of music is when you sing it over and over and over and over again, you start meditating on it. You start chewing on it. You start figuring it out. You start resonating with it. And I started thinking the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy. See, the people of the Old Testament were caught up in law. It's about, did you eat the right thing? Did you accidentally drink the wrong thing? Uh, did you keep the law? Did you do right on this day? Did you not do right on this day? It was all about fear. It was all about, uh, did, did I just mess up? Did I do my ceremonial washing so that I can go to church? I can't even remember, you know? And, and, and there was all these things that you had to keep up with. It was like eating. Did I eat a cloven animal a cloved foot animal or did i eat a right one i don't know it just tasted so good it should be of god right it should be of god (laughs) to have bacon he wants us (laughs) should be of god right was it the right bird of the air or not i can't remember which fish i can eat and which fish i can't and i'm just trying to make sure i didn't mess up And, and 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 but it's not the rule keeping the kingdom of god is not the meat and drink the rule keeping it's the it's the peace. It's the joy that comes out of a relationship with Him. And I started chewing on that, and I started realizing it was less about, did because hey, I was raised, did I say my Our Father and Ten Hail Marys? I could say those fast, baby. Come on. Because if, you know, if I needed the Lord to move, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Amen. Right? But it wasn't about rigid getting it. It was about the righteousness, the peace, and the joy that comes 
with knowing the Father and knowing the great love for Him. We see this as true with the prodigal son. The prodigal son runs away. He squanders all of his 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 estate, his father's estate, and he comes back thinking, I, I must be a servant, I must be a slave. And he is blown away with righteousness, peace, and joy when his father says, no, 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 no. You're my son. Put the best on him. Kill the best fatted calf we have. We about to have a party. And he was restored to joy. He was restored to righteousness. He was restored to peace in the house because of it. When I look at Ezekiel 47, I see three kingdom flow facts. And, and, and I like to say you can't stop this church flow. This church flow is a powerful church flow. This flow that we read about is so powerful, it does amazing things. There's three things that it does right with just getting in touch with it, just experiencing it when it touches your life. And I want to jump into that right now. The first one is that the river strength grows the further it goes. The river strength grows the further it goes. There's something peculiar about Ezekiel 47 because when he sees the water, he sees it trickling out of the sanctuary. And a thousand cubits later, he sees it ankle deep. And a thousand cubits later, he sees it knee deep. And a thousand cubits later, he sees he's got to swim. That doesn't make any natural sense to me. Because if I left our kitchen sink trickling back home and plugged it up, one thing that I know to be true by natural law is that if I drove up and the whole house was flooded, on the outside, when I first noticed it, that would be the smallest sign of water. And the closer I got to the source, it would be the bigger sign that water is spilling. Does that make sense? Right? Like, like the further away from the source you go, the, the more it dissipates, right? They, 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 most things naturally do that, right? I, 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 I did some quick look at uh, the peak age, right? Most people tell you, oh, you better enjoy your 20s and 30s because it all goes downhill from there, right? Anyone ever told you that, right? Because it's just like we know that uh, the further we go, the more it deteriorates, the more it doesn't go so well. I, I did some funny research here because I like to have fun, right? It, 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 this is some proven research that the brain processing power peaks at the year 18. 18! Your brain has peaked. Awesome! That's fantastic news for anyone over 18 in here, right? You're just like, man, there's a lot to look forward to, right? And then this is also what I found. Uh, women are most attractive to men at about 23. And this is the best part. Men's attractiveness to women seems to get better with age. There you go. It's good to be born a man, right? You know, and it's just like, but, but like at 23, there's that kind of thing. You're going to hit your optimum athletic ability. Actually, strength peaks at 25. Strength peaks at 25. And so they, 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 they found, you know, that's why a lot of the athletes that will watch, right? They're, they're around the age of hovering around 25 because they know their NFL career is about to die off not too long after that. You know, what's the NFL stand for? Not for long, right? And so um, here's the hope, guys. Don't worry. There is hope. Chess players peak at 31. 31, baby. Come on. 31. Man, it's getting, it's getting exciting up in here, right? 
we know that, I say that just to say, we know that like naturally they say, okay, everything else is just going to kind of, your body's going to break down, right, over time. But you know what I love about kingdom flow? It's such the opposite. On the inside of my life, maybe externally things are just going to start to dip. I've seen it in my basketball form, you know. My knees aren't what they used to be. I'm 36 now. I still get out there, and I still show some young people what's up. But I remember being like the boss on the court, you know, and I was just like, who's who's the best player? I'm going to shut them down, right? I'm going I'm to guard them. Now it's kind of like, oh, I don't want to guard him. You you guard him. You guard him. I'm going to guard this guy over here, right? Right? And, and because it's not what it used to be, right? But But maybe on the external, things decline the further it goes. On the internal, my spiritual walk. It's just rising, rising and rising and rising. I love hanging out with older people who are just like, I've been walking with the Lord 40 years. I'm like, tell me about your journey. And you just start hearing that it just keeps getting richer and richer and richer. That's the kingdom flow. The natural flow is everything's going downhill from here. The kingdom flow is it's only getting stronger from this point forward. Now, the natural thing would would be to think in the sanctuary, that's where the water's coming from. That's the source. In the house of God, that's where it's strongest. So the further I get away from it, the further I get away from this location, what's this address? The further I get away from it, or the further I get away from Pastor Stan, the weaker I get spiritually because I've got to stay close to the source. I've got to stay close to the source. And I'm here to encourage you that what I have found is the kingdom flow gets stronger the further it goes. When when we start realizing that we're a royal priesthood, we're a kingdom together, and that He is not more potent than the next person because we all have the Holy Spirit if we have claimed Jesus Christ as our Lord. He wants to move inside you. I think the disciples had to learn that. They were like, Jesus goes, hey, I'm going to send you out. And they're like, we, we got to leave the source? I don't want to leave the source. You're the magic maker. And they didn't use the word magic, right? You're the miracle maker. I can't do nothing on my own. He goes, no, 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 no. You've seen it. Now go. Take the source flow away from the source. The source will go with you. But watch and be astounded. They came back astonished. They were like, hey, it worked with us too. And it was just because he's with you. See, a lot of times we can think, oh, man, cancer? I can't pray for that. I can pray for headaches. But I need Pastor Stan to pray for cancer. Why? Why? The kingdom flow grows in strength the further it goes. You want to know what's the strength of the church? Is not when you have one man of God or one woman of God or, or, or four or five strong leaders. It's when the people start realizing the flow is in me too. And I'm going to take this flow outside of the sanctuary. I'm going to believe that even if I go 3,000 cubits away from this location or from this man of God, the, strong, the river is actually going to be stronger because I'm walking in faith. And what does faith move? Faith moves mountains, man. The water flow gets stronger the further it goes. So here's... What I would love for you to do with each point, with the three kingdom flow facts, I want to share with you one thing that you can do with that. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to write it down. Here's what I encourage you to do with this. Trust God's kingdom flow this week. By applying something outside the sanctuary, you received inside the sanctuary. 
right? That water had to leave the sanctuary to become a mighty river, right? So in the same way, take something that you learned here, something that you were touched with here, a song that you sang here, and take it out there and trust God by using it there and and, and see just how much the kingdom flow moves in strength the further it goes. Amen? The second kingdom flow fact we see in verse 8. It says, This water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah where it enters the Dead Sea. And when it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. The salty water becomes fresh. Now, I've been hanging around with young people for a long time now. And one thing that they keep me fresh on is my vocabulary. And what I have learned is that if you're a little bit old, if you're a little bit crusty, if you're a little bit rough, if you're a little bit raw, if you're a little bit angry, they just call you salty. That brother right there is salty. You don't want nothing to do with that guy, right? Oh, stay away from that sister. She is salty, right? This is point number two. The river flowed from the sanctuary to the salty. It says that the river trickled out of the sanctuary and it went for the Dead Sea, the saltiest place in the region. You know, sometimes as the church, we can start cowering back thinking that sometimes the enemy is stronger than our God, right? Oh, don't let him get us. Let's retreat to the sanctuary. Let's call in prayer and we need to pray we need to do all those things but we also need to remember that greater is he in me than he who is in the world and so i've got to take this thing out in fact i'm not scared of the salty places i'm not scared of the saltiest people i I can remember when I, i had just given my life to the lord i started learning how to evangelize i'm about 21 years old and trying to share my faith. I don't know very much, but I know I'm passionately in love with him, and I know he changed my life forever. And, and, and I, I can remember that uh, the Lord would say, you know, share share, share me with, with so-and-so. I go, okay, yeah, that's easy, you know. That's easy. Not not bad. I remember when the Lord told me I was in a blockbuster music r- movie rental. Come on, how many remember the movie rental place? We had to teach my 10-year-old how to use a VCR today or, or this early this week. It was awesome. Praise the Lord for DVRs. <laughs> so I can watch the saints beat the ravens as many times as I want. Okay. Oh, oh not too many Ravens fans in here, I guess. My wife's a big Ravens fan. The prayer of the righteous avail much. Tucker, come on, never missed a kick. Just saying, I was praying. No, anyway. So I can remember, um, I can remember... I don't remember where I was going with that, honestly. Uh, but I, I could just remember that there, oh yeah, I was in blockbuster music. And the Lord said to me, I want you to tell the love of God to that man right there. And I said, you mean the six foot six, 300 pound buff guy? Bench presses 650, you know, three of me. You want me to tell? He's tatted up. I don't want to tell to the love of God. He don't want to know about the love of God. And I was just like, I'm not going to do it. And I just remember thinking, that brother's, you know, he's salty. You know, he's got, he's not ready yet, God. He's not ready. You know, and God's like, no, you're going to share with him. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just going to rent my movie and take it home to my wife. And, you know, we're just going to hang. Well, we weren't married yet. It's 21. Uh, But I can just remember, I'm just going to get on with my day. 
and um, I remember the Lord saying, I'll make, you, I'll make you a deal. If he's still here, when you leave this store, you'll know that I called you to reach him. I was like, ah, I'll take that deal. Because I was like 14 people back in line, you know, grumping with the, grunt, uh, complaining, being salty with the rest of them. Like, what's taking so long with the line, right? And he's like second. So I'm like, there's no way they could screw up his DVD that bad. Oh, they could. They open it up. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. This this disc is scratched. I'm going to have to go get you another one. I'll check the shelf. And I'm like, uh, I'll run and check the shelf for him. Let's get him out here. Meanwhile, the other attendants, next, next. And I'm like, this line's moving way too fast, right? And then they bring the one off the shelf. And they're, oh, I'm sorry. This one's scratched, too. And I'm like, of course it's scratched. You're going to have to go into the back. And they're like, well, we're going to have to go into the back. And we're going to have to dig deep into the boxes with dust on it. And I'm like, you are awesome, God. You are awesome in this place. Right? And so I'm moving up, and I'm just thinking, oh, my dear Lord, no. And I'm like standing next to him, and I'm just like, I'm not doing it. You said if I leave with him. And he gets his disc, and he starts leaving. I'm like, praise God. Go to your car. And uh, and he goes out to his car. Uh, he gets to the, out the door, and he stops, and he starts looking at his phone. I'm like, no, don't look at your text messages. Don't stop. Keep moving. You can walk and read. Yeah, do it. And I could just remember that God said, I'm going to leave him right there until you pass by. So that you know. So I walked right up to that brother. And I just started. And I was like, oh, yeah. I just kept walking right to my car. So I know. I know that was the lie of the enemy. You did not want me to get my black eye. He's going to punch me out, God. You know he is. You know he is. And I got, I got halfway in my car. And the Lord said, is that how it's going to be? I did not give you a spirit of fear or a coward, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I am with you. I have not forsaken you or abandoned you. It's like, okay, I can do this. And I turned around and I went and witnessed to him. See, we oftentimes think that the salty is the ones that we run from. I've had people come in our youth ministry and they're like, oh, you don't understand. He sleeps around. He does drugs. We've had drug dealers in our church and they're like, what are we going to do? The drug dealers in here. And I'm like... We're going to lift up the name of Jesus Christ, and he's going to draw all men unto him. Jesus is going to do the heavy lifting. Does that mean that I'm for the drug dealer, and then I'm like, yeah, keep doing what you're doing? No. We've had a lot of people living in sin. Come and lay it down at the altar. But it, it is us realizing that the sacred wants to flow to the salty. Not isolate from the salty. You would have thought that river, by some of our theology, would have gone, oh, Dead Sea, oh, no, let's go around that thing, right? The Dead Sea, the, the, this, the river flowed directly into it, and it brought life to it. So much life to it that fishermen started showing up. You know, when the house of God is full of the life, and salty people start getting touched with the sacred, and they start getting changed, all of a sudden people start going, what is going on in that church? What is going on with that Christianity? What is going on in your life, young man? Right? It, it, because when the, the what flows from the sanctuary touches the salty, it changes things. See, I love Mother Teresa used to, uh, pray a specific prayer and she would pray this Lord make me a channel a channel is another word for a river right Lord make me a channel of your peace that where there is hatred I may bring love 
That where there is wrong, I may bring a spirit of forgiveness. That where there is discord, I may bring harmony. That where there is error, I may bring truth. That where there is doubt, I may bring faith. That where there is despair, I might bring hope. That where there are shadows, I might bring light. That where there is sadness, I may bring joy. And that where there is salty, I may bring the sacred. Okay, I added that last sentence right there. Mother Teresa didn't call nobody salty. But she said, let my channel, let my river flow, go to where the saltiest people are and transform it, right? See, you can write this down. The source of the kingdom flow will always be from the inner sanctuary. But the purpose of the kingdom flow is always to bring life to dead things. We can never become a church that just has it good on and good in here. As long as we keep the doors closed and make sure our floors are properly sealed with our walls this stuff's never getting out it's never trickling out no we're called to leak we're called to leak all over the city and when we leak it's going to grow in strength and when it touches salty things things are going to come to life amen come on the point of the presence is to transform the town the point of the presence of god is to transform the town. I love this picture by uh, Scott Mutter. He, he, he does these uh, artistic things with photographs, and it shows a cathedral that he superimposed the city street right down the center aisle. I think that needs to be our church, that it flows from the inner sanctuary into the streets, and it touches the salty. Amen? So here's what you could do with point number two, if you want to write this down. Trust God's kingdom flow this week by applying something outside the sanctuary that you learned inside the sanctuary. In case you want to save your pen writing, it's the same point. Do something that you gained or grew here in the inner sanctuary. Take it outside the sanctuary. And then finally, the third one, verse 9, it says, There will be large number of fish there because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh so that where the river flows, everything will live. And point number three is simple. The river of God brought life to everything it touched. It gets stronger the further it goes, right? And, and, and it's to bring the sanctuary to the salty but then it's also, you got to realize, it's going to bring life to everything it touches. See, the water possessed some sort of miraculous quality in it. That if it touched something, life sprung up. It touched a salty dead sea, and it transformed into a place where fishermen gather. Right? It transforms the town. And we've got to believe that our strength comes from the Word of God. Our strength comes from what He has told us to be about and what to do. And that if we will simply take it out, if we will simply pray, if we will simply call on elders, if we'll simply go and, and, and reach out into Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and the other most parts of the earth, right? If we'll do that stuff, do we trust that it's going to bring life? It's going to bring life, right? And so... You know, that's what we want to be about. That, uh, that, that friend who saw me as a salty person, as a 20-year-old, full of myself, trying to grow my own career in music. I wasn't going to stop till I was on MTV, till I proved Max Brown, who once said I was never going to be anything. He was the drummer of my first band, his daddy. He was our manager, 16-year-old. I started playing music in barrooms. 
And I left at 18 when I went to LSU. And I said, we've got to do something bigger than this. I don't want to be the king of this small town. We're going to go play somewhere. And he said, you're, you're going to leave this band? You're going to leave my son? He said, you're never going to amount to anything. And I held that. And that became, a, I'm going to prove you wrong, Max Brown. I'm going to prove you wrong. And so that's why 1,000 people weren't enough. 2,000 people weren't enough. 23,000 wasn't enough. I had something to prove. And it wasn't going to be proven by anything that I accomplished or acquired. It's only going to be proven by meeting Jesus Christ and realizing I can walk away from all of that and be whole. That's my testimony. But you know what? It took, the, it took a friend to be a hero and to step out and believe that if I get involved with this guy and invite him to my church, I just have this crazy belief that if he'll come into the church one or two times, he's going to meet Jesus. All this is going to change. The longer we do it, we can start thinking, I don't know, you know, right? Like, I'm going to invite my friend, but you better preach a good one, right? You know, it's like, no, no, no. Let's just show them Jesus. And if they get in touch with that river flow, it's going to always bring life. You can be that hero that that friend was to me. See, I want to finish with this. John 19 says this. Jesus, hanging on the cross. He breathes his last breath, and he is no more while he hangs there. Scripture says this in uh, verse 32. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus, and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and a sudden flow of water. Jesus was the fulfillment of Ezekiel 47. That when he is pierced, out of his side is going to come a sudden flow of water. And that if you get underneath that flow and it touches you, it's going to get stronger in you. Greater things are you going to do than even he did. That's what he said. I'm going to just walk in radical belief, right? It's going to be going from the sanctuary out to the salty and it's going to bring life to everything it touches. Jesus is the one we're looking for. And I just want to pray right now. Over anyone in this room who maybe maybe you've been tight with Jesus for a long time. Maybe maybe you love him with all your heart. Now I, I really just don't doubt that. But when's the last time we had a go for God? Where we stepped outside of the comfort zone. I think about Ezekiel forty seven. What would have happened if the sanctuary would have just held up water? What would have happened to the Dead Sea? What would have happened to the fishermen? What would have happened to the fruit that fed everybody in the city? Do you, don't, don't you see it was the church that was the center of life for everyone to, to, to just be able to, to have? God wants His church to be at the center of it all, bringing living water out there. If you're in this place and you say, you know, Pastor Drew, I, I don't know when's the last time that I've, I, I've gone beyond my comfortable boundaries. There are people that I know I'm supposed to share the news of Jesus Christ with, and I just haven't done it yet. It's been a long time, and if we're real, if we're real on the inside, we're almost questioning, if I try it and it doesn't work, I'm going to be crushed. But 
But what if the river flows and it touches them and life comes? See, the opposite is true. What happens if you just go out trusting by faith that if I'll just write my brother a letter after 16 years of walking with Jesus Christ in a saved relationship, I wrote my brother a letter. And I let him know, you saw me while I was in the touring band. We lived together. And you know all the stupid things I did. I call sin stupid because I did a lot of stupid. I did a lot of sin. And you saw me get transformed by a river flow. Why don't you just try letting it touch you for a weekend? Just let it flow. Just open your ears to God. And I, and I just wrote him a letter. And it was for me, sending it away from the source of the sanctuary out into the streets. And it went to my brother and I just got the amazing news. <laughs> Praise God, just 40 minutes ago. That though it goes away from the source, it, the flow gets stronger the further it goes. Maybe you're in this place and you say, I need to have a go. I need to do something dangerous for the Lord. I love missions and I've gone on six missions trips. Do you know I've never been on a missions trip that somebody in the church didn't come up to me and prophesy, your whole team's going to die on the mission field. And I was just like, that's not the word I heard. The word I heard was I'm going to go and I'm going to trust the river flow to carry me. You know, we've had six successful missions trips where lives have been transformed, including my own, by being on the mission field. But we just have to have enough faith to just let the river flow. God, I pray in this place that you would let the river flow through all of our lives. If that's you in this place, just open up your palms to heaven right where you're at and just say, let the river flow through me. Let my heart not be a blockade. Let my mind not be a blockade. Let my flesh not be a blockade. Let it not be uh, uh, stopped up like a dead sea in me where I've got the richness piling up. I've got all kinds of resource piling up, but it hasn't brought life in a little while. God, I I thank you that you bring life through us, that you said we will bear fruit. Your children will bear fruit. And so, Father, I have been held up by fear. I have let myself get in the way. But, Father, I ask that you would make me a channel now. Carve out a channel out of my Dead Sea so that it begins to flow through me and that life begins to happen, that what you deposit in me, I will send out to other people around me as well. Father, I'm believing for salty people to get saved. I'm believing for the city to be transformed. I'm believing that you're going to start a flow right here, but it's going to get even stronger as we go out into the streets. Father, we thank you for your power and we trust in it. We thank you that you would entrust us with that. In the name of Jesus, I pray and believe. Amen. 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 Thank you, Drew. That was awesome.